April 8th, 2020, the future of Big Cat Rescue. And I think this must have been talking to the volunteers. After talking with Jamie yesterday morning, all I can say is this is our current prediction of the future of Big Cat Rescue, and it could change depending on the COVID-19 impact. I'd like to plan a Zoom meeting for everyone to be able to ask questions and make suggestions. This is just a starting point. The cats. Our commitment is to the cats we have already rescued. Every decision we make at this moment of crisis is founded in making sure our current cats are cared for in the best possible way for the rest of their natural lives. Rescues. Overall, there have been far fewer cats in need of rescue. In an effort to ensure the quality of care for our current cats remains at the highest level, we have begun to forward the few requests we do get to the Big Cat Sanctuary Alliance. At the moment, there are more places that want to take in new cats than there are cats that need placement. Volunteers. Due to the possibility of introducing someone with malevolent intentions, we are limiting our volunteer and intern program to those who are currently in it those who have volunteered or interned with us in the past on a case-by-case basis, and those that applied prior to the negative, prior to the recent negative publicity. Hours. Minimum hourly requirements for volunteers will not be implemented during government-mandated safer-at-home orders. This does not mean we do not need your help. The sanctuary is considered an essential business, and now more than ever needs the volunteers to help care for the animals and provide routine grounds and enclosure maintenance. Tours. All tours have been halted through the end of April or the end of the Safer at Home mandates. We don't think we will ever do regular day tours, kids tours, or large group tours again due to the infrastructure needed to accommodate them and the risk of disease transmission. The UK saw a decline and then a sharp spike back up in cases, and the US is likely to follow the same pattern. In three months, we will reevaluate whether we can do specialty and donor tours. Our bill. Thanks to increased publicity and our volunteers helping online, we saw a surge of about four times the number of calls to Congress. If our volunteers continue to help online, we have a far greater reach, which means more calls that we could generate on site than we could generate on site. We think it will pass this year. If it doesn't, and Congress goes Democratic in November's elections, it will pass next year. If Congress doesn't go Democratic on both sides, then there is nothing for our on-site visitors. Then there is nothing our on-site visitors could do to enhance the bill's chances for success. As difficult as Tiger King has been for all of you, it's the best thing to happen for the cats, as it shows cub handling for the cruel practice it is, and that should pretty much stop that industry. Kittens. The foster kitten program depends on having interns who have time for the intensive care the babies need and volunteers who have time for socializing them. Due to what is likely to prove a decrease in volunteers and interns, we cannot take in kittens for the foreseeable future. Gift shop. With no or very limited tours, we have far more merchandise than we can sell. We are cutting the prices down to try and recover our investment. We can always buy more inventory if things change. We will continue to offer direct from vendor merchandise in our online shop. Gate. Our gate will remain shut and signs remain down until COVID-19 stay-at-home orders cease and or the level of public curiosity dies down. Conservation. We are funding the commitments we have made this year, but are not approving new applications at this time. Walkabout. 
We are going to refund tickets for Walkabout and reevaluate in June to see if we think we can still pull it off. It required 70 volunteers last year to manage the crowd, and it will be a while before we could see if we would have enough help. Volunteer Program Changes New Volunteers and Interns Due to the influx of negative attention from the wrong kinds of people, we feel it is in the best interest for the safety of our animals and our current volunteers and interns that we do not accept any new applicants into either program for a minimum of three months, after which we will reevaluate. We do not want to take in a new volunteer or intern that may have ill intentions. This means only volunteers and interns we will accept into the program, travel restrictions permitted, would be those who had applied prior to March 20th. This will be reevaluated in June. Merging Coordinators and the Volunteer Committee The original Volunteer Committee was composed of a handful of senior volunteers who were also the coordinators at the time. Over the years, it has morphed into representatives of each volunteer department and level with some coordinators but not all. This leads to a divide between the key individuals who are charged with ensuring the operations of the sanctuary on a daily basis. In an effort to align the work of both the Volunteer Committee and the Coordinators, these two groups will now be merged, meaning the Volunteer Committee will be composed of all Coordinators, including Operations Managers, and representatives from specific departments that will be nominated and voted on by the Volunteers. These representatives will include a Keeper Rep, a Partner Rep, and a Red Level Rep. Those current Reps are Mark Mira, Andrew Sardone, and Elisa Pally. More about the Volunteer Committee can be find, found here. It's on our private site. Partner Trainee to Keeper Trainee Progression Keeper Trainees Required to perform one month, 16 hours of projects under direct supervision and completion of all trainee classes prior to small cat cleaning. Teachers would be required for animal emergency, animal observation, first aid, and small cat and quarantine cleaning. Classes they could take on their own with no teacher would include tour back up and gate, kids tour, tour guides, and events. The key differences from how we currently do things above are the keeper trainee would not be spending two months slash 32 hours in the gift shop prior to being eligible to start a small cat cleaning, and half of the classes would be taken on their own without a teacher. Partner trainee progression. Partner trainees, after one month or 16 hours, of on-site projects under direct supervision and completion of all trainee classes and the cleaning map test can walk the tour path with another red level volunteer or higher for two months after which can be permitted to walk the tour path unescorted. Teachers would be required for animal emergency, animal observation, and first aid. Classes they could take on their own with no teacher would include tour backup and gate, kids tour, tour guides, small cat cleaning, and events. Partner trainee duties on site would include projects, general cleanup of buildings such as food prep and common areas, administrative tax tasks as needed. Duties off site would include assistance with social media, editing closed caption of YouTube videos, and other remote tasks as they arrive. The key differences from how we currently do things above are the partner trainee would not be spending six months slash 96 hours in the gift shop prior to being eligible to walk the tour path unescorted, and more than half of the classes would be taken on their own without a teacher. Reasoning for the above changes to the volunteer program include, we do not anticipate bringing back public tours. 
There is no telling when stay-at-home orders will be lifted, if there, were, if there will be subsequent outbreaks that arise requiring quarantines, what the economy will be like, and whether or not we will even need to have public tours should the bill get passed. Because we are half-staffed and have limited volunteers coming in currently, reducing the classes that require a teacher to animal care and safety classes will help alleviate that burden on coordinators and staff. We need to make the most of the volunteers currently in the program, as we are unsure when we will be able to accept new volunteers in the future. These new guidelines will help current volunteers successfully move through the program. These changes made to the volunteer program can always be reevaluated in the future, should our situation and needs change. And then this is separate from what I was telling the volunteers. Jamie is just as responsible for our success, maybe more so. Jamie and I met at opposite ends of a six-foot-long table outside on the patio of the lion's lair today to discuss the future of the sanctuary. Volunteers and staff have taken to gossiping again in the absence of clear leadership on this. We've just been so inundated with the fallout from hashtag Carol Baskin being named the most hated person in the world by social media thanks to Netflix's portrayal of me in Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. At the end of the discussion, Jamie still looked despondent, and I asked why. She said it's because it hurts so bad to see everything we've worked for being lost in the blink of an eye. She feels the impact of COVID-19 on our finances and Tiger King on our reputation has resulted in the end of Big Cat Rescue's good work. I told her that I think the opposite is true, and that if this is what it took to stop captive breeding of big cats for life in prison, then it's worth it. I told her that no matter what it looks like today, people will look back on this as the moment that changed history for the better. She said people will remember me, but not her. I cried as I realized how she felt and assured her that I couldn't have done any of this if not for her being the grown-up at home who made sure the cats always got the best care and that no one got hurt. Jamie is the person who built our volunteer program, defined its rules, and many classes and promotion system. Jamie is the one who devised the structure for the sanctuary that was led by the volunteer committee so that all new rules, policies, and grievances had a fair board to determine the outcomes. Jamie is the one who built and manages our time card system for volunteers and staff. Jamie is the one who made sure this sanctuary has been the model for all sanctuaries. It's because Jamie holds people accountable for their actions that we developed a system for reporting and tracking how much food and medicine goes into a cat, what their body condition is, and whether or not their cage has a maintenance issue. It's that attention to detail that requires not only the report, but that a second set of eyes double-check everything from cleaning cages to every single report on the daily logs. Jamie is the one who started our first newsletter and produces it to this day so we could share our good work with patrons. She is also responsible for our on-site communications. When we started out, there were no cell phones, so the only way to communicate was to yell across 40 acres. She's been diligent over the years to locate and implement our current radio system, loudspeaker system, and has created the various group chats for our phones. Jamie is the one who found, negotiated a price, and installed locks on all of our cage doors because Don was going around leaving doors standing open after going into cages. 
Believe it or not, there was no requirement that a tiger door have a lock on it back then. I'm not sure that rule exists today, for that matter. Jamie is the one who started our gift shop so that people could wear our brand. Jamie is the one who started our first conservation giving through the Snow Leopard Enterprises and selling yak wool hats and mittens in sunny Florida, of all places, making us the second highest retailer in the world. Jamie is the one who started our first Safari Days work walkabout, which led to our first gala, which led to our first, sort of, wildcat walkabout, where all the proceeds went to conservation. Jamie is the one who forever changed the impact of our bobcat rehab program by learning how to train orphaned bobcat kittens so they could succeed in the wild. Prior to 2003, we thought those kittens were doomed to life in cages. Jamie is the one who took our rehab program from being something that just she and I did to training a team to do it and then taking that knowledge to the internet on our bobcatrehab.com website and to wildlife rehab conferences. Jamie's photography of our many species of wildcats is what enabled wildlife agents around the world to be able to identify small cat species that were being trafficked as house cats around the world. Her photos were critical for eBay to use in their determination of what furs were legal or illegal to sell online. Jamie's videography was our very first foray into sharing our cats on film. Now we have over 500 million views of our videos online. Jamie rarely gets any credit for all of her hard work because she won't talk to the press. She knows what they do. Even though I always try to bring her participation as a co-founder of the sanctuary into discussion with the media, they rarely mention her because she won't talk to them. There have been a number of cases where a story has come out giving me credit for something she did, and when I try to correct it with the reporter, I always get the same excuse. People aren't capable of following a complex narrative with multiple characters. Maybe that's true, but until someone writes one, we will never know. If you're enjoying my diary, please like, share, and subscribe. You can find other ways to connect to me over at bigcatrescue.org forward slash carol.baskin.